At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Brett Approved, and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing, and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we're serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Anne. What's on your mind today? Hi, Jillian. Um, today, I'm thinking about pitch decks. Is it pitch season? Uh, it I sure is. I <laughs> seem to have seen a lot lately. You know, we talked about this on CEO Coach about three years ago, so it seems like a pretty good time for a refresh. I absolutely agree. There are a lot more nuances around um not just the structure of pitch decks, but even how they're received, about gender differences and how they're received. There's been so much action in this space. So good move. Let's do a refresh on pitch decks. Great. We'll start with the basics. The elements of successful pitches are as follows. One, define the problem clearly and succinctly. Yes, please. <laughs> Don't spend, what, five minutes on your problem, or you have one minute left for everything else. And don't assume that your audience speaks your lingo, because they usually don't. Two, describe how your product solves the problem. Again, clearly and succinctly. Do not geek out on this. <laughs> Three, demonstrate who will pay you money for your product and how you will find said buyers and get it to them. Marketing and distribution, in other words. 
I would agree. And it's kind of like a synopsis of your marketing plan, but it's really more about your launch plan, right? We can get into that later. And, and we certainly will. Four, explain how you make money doing so. <laughs> Good idea. In other words, what is your pricing model and your business model? Then, five, show customers and revenue. Now, if you're pre-revenue, show realistic projections. You know, anyone can make a hockey stick on a spreadsheet, even me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right. Uh, you better defend your hockey sticks. That's true. And besides, success never goes like a hockey stick. It goes more like a, a five-pass bicycle ride through Yellowstone Park. There you go. <laughs> uh, six, uh, and this is a real um, bonus one. If you can globalize your solution, one of the best pitches I've seen to do this was for a Fitbit for cows, if you will. Uh, it was to let dairy farmers know when and which cows in the herd needed medical attention. And the CEO closed by stating that his product would end world hunger by streamlining the food supply. Uh -huh. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> that is definitely cool. Okay, so get your position in the global space. All right, that makes sense. Okay, Jillian, did you notice what is not in the top six? Mm -hmm. Yep. The two, three to leave out are your team and your exquisitely engineered app, and here's why. Yes, investors bet on teams. That is true. They are talking about teams with experience of taking uh, startups to the finish line. They're not talking about your team and its expertise in your topic. Um, it's Unless your team has built something really big like Google Maps or Alexa or SpaceX, <laughs> and unless your product is like one of those, then your team is truly irrelevant to investors. And as I mentioned, your multiple years of experience in the particular topic that you're working on really doesn't matter. It's not impressive. Well, it's yeah. I would say it's not impressive in the uh, original pitch deck. Save that for the Q and A later. Remember, when you're making pitches, you have anywhere from as little as gosh three to six minutes, and sometimes as much as ten or fifteen minutes. If you're making a pitch privately to venture capitalists or privately to investors in an informal setting, you might have longer. But when you are scribed to so few minutes, I absolutely agree with you, Anne. If somebody really wants to know about your background, trust me, they'll meet you for a cup of coffee and they'll hear all about your PhD. Similarly, uh, this is a little bit like why the engineering of your app, no matter how gorgeous and beautiful, is of no interest to investors. What investors care about is how they will receive returns on their investments. And this is directly related to how well you and your team build the business, not the platform. Yeah, I totally agree on that one. And I often say, as I explain it, um, and somehow entrepreneurs seem to get this one, investors have to talk about the money. It is their subject at hand. They're bringing to table the capital, the money. Right? Venture capitalists have to do the same thing. And at the VC level, it's even more so, if you will. People have handed them a box of money. And they are legally and fiduciarily responsible 
for the health of that fund that this money has been put into. Therefore, the VC has to say exactly what the investor says. I'm handing you a box of money. How large will it be and how quickly will I get it back? Those are the two things they have to ask, uh, answer for their investors and they have to answer to things like the SEC. Right? How large is this box going to be? In other words, what is the size of my ROI and how quickly will I get it back? Now prove that point. Everything else is actually kind of irrelevant. Everything you're talking about proves that point. And this might be a, a good time to mention that you should expunge the word give from your vocabulary. Investors are not giving you anything. They are investing and expecting a return. Yes. So back to the team for a minute before mm -hmm. we go to the break. Um, your team may surely know your topic well. In fact, they should. But that is usually a completely different skill set from building a business. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jillian, you and I advise startups to have both a wizard and an executor in leadership positions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that in terms of discussing your team, you want to make sure that investors understand that you have the broad um, scope of skills required to build a scalable corporation. The critical piece is not necessarily can you build the app that you've just built or the website or even the technology. That is evident. You have built it, right? So that comes very quickly across. Anne's absolutely correct. Uh, you have to consider whether or not you have the skill set in your team to build a business that will be globally in size or global in size and scalable to the point where you can start returning a minimum of 10x returns to venture capitalists. And that's what investors are looking for in teams. They're looking for teams that demonstrate the ability to take your startup over the finish line. The management teams they look for are those who have had successful as, as, oops, exits. <laughs> yes. yeah. If you are fortunate enough to have such experienced leaders, then by all means say so. But if only if their previous successes included executing the business plan. Investors want to see business success more than engineering success. I agree. I absolutely agree. It is about the business success. If you don't have somebody who has taken a company global and had that kind of massive exit before, then you'd better be talking about among yourselves as well as to investors who it is you're going to put on your team who can make that happen or why you're raising capital from this particular group, individual or venture capital firm so that they can put people on your team who can help you take it to the finish line. Your technology is wonderful. If you cannot get it to market, they're not putting their money down. So as for your engineering, mm -hmm. really the only ones who care about your engineering are your engineers. Besides, your app is likely to change over time in iterative development and even pivots. We've True. observed so many companies launch a product that they redesigned and rebuilt in response to early customer feedback, which is as it should be. Mm -hmm. In more than one case, we watch products and companies change direction completely. Such pivots are a healthy part of the product development process, and your app tomorrow may well look nothing like your app today. So 
we've covered that part of it. We need mm-hmm. to take a break now for our sponsors. And then I want to come back and really focus on who you're talking to in your pitch deck and what investors are really looking for. Uh, so this is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy. I'm with Jillian Music. And today we are talking about what belongs in your pitch deck and what does not. And we've talked in the before the break about things like your very clever team and whether that's important. We talked about uh, the exquisite engineering and that's important to you, but not to the investors. Right. We're talking about what's important to investors because when you pitch for money, you are pitching to investors. So that's really the point here. Your pitch deck needs to pitch to your audience. I agree. And um, investors, again, are bringing capital to the table. So discuss those issues that would relate to capital. Yes, it's, um, you know, they're they're interested vaguely in in how you're going to return this capital. Uh, But in truth, the focus really must be on the corporate structure itself. How are you going to get whatever product you have to market? How have you validated already that the consumer wants it and the consumer is willing to pay a reasonable sum for it and that your financial projections reflect that sum? They reflect the actual cost of acquisition of consumers or customers, even if it's B2B and so on. This is all business issues. Very little is related to how you have built whatever the heck you've built. 
Yeah, yeah. Too many times I've watched uh, pitches that confuse their marketing message for customers, what the product does and why customers should buy it, mm -hmm. with the appropriate message to investors, which is, as you just said, how will the company succeed, especially financially. So that bears repeating, actually. Uh, for those of listeners, right, think about it this way. You have two pitches to make. Your marketing pitch is a pitch you make to someone who may purchase your product. And they really have zero interest in how you are earning a living or expanding your company or anything like that. They want to know what you've built and how it solves their problem. In the other pitch, this is to raise capital, the investors not have zero interest in what you've built and how it solves a problem, but they want to get over that very quickly. So. That's why we begin with what is the problem, how do you solve it, and you move very quickly on to how will you build this company to return significant amounts of uh, return on investment ROI. Exactly. Keep in mind whom you are addressing and speak to their interests. Now, to be sure, there are double and triple bottom line interests, and we'll talk about that mm -hmm. in a couple of minutes, you know, impact investing. But Again, I'm going to repeat it. Strike the phrase, investors will give us money from your thinking, because this ain't philanthropy. Right. So um, one of the things we should discuss here quickly is the different kinds of financial pitches that you may give. There are angel pitches. There are pitches to venture capitalists. Both of those are for equity. There will be pitches for um, what we would call non-dilutive funding, a group such as um, Lighter Capital, who actually does more like factoring. If you are a SaaS company and you're bringing in a minimum of 15000 a month, Lighter Capital will lend you capital for your expansion. These are debt instruments, and that's quite different. There may be angel groups or even venture capital companies who will be, again, lending you money on a revenue share basis. In each instance, you have to provide clarity around how you will build the consumer base, the revenue streams, reducing to a minimum your expenses, and therefore providing sufficient capital inside your corporation, revenue, to pay back those debt instruments. That's quite different than raising equity, which says you'll get paid back at the far end, at the exit line, as opposed to you'll get paid back over time with an increasing amount of revenue that we get by taking your capital and investing it in these expansion modes. So this is probably a good time to insert an aside here uh, that I have encountered about women pitching to men investors. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to go in the whole ball of wax about that but just one point um, time and again we see that women have trouble getting men to understand their products if the products are for women and it's not that they investors have to be in love with the products we've already talked about that yeah. but the men sort of close off and they can't connect with them and I um, there is a, a technique to avoid that that I, I discovered a couple weeks ago in conversation with some women entrepreneurs and that is that if you can find some common interests that your potential investors can relate to uh, you will be able to engage them when they're largely being not engaged. I'll give you a quick example there was a young woman I met who created um, a fashion site you know a, a rent 
in a curated fashion site. And she was having trouble making men investors understand. You know, they'd say, well, my wife would like this, but I don't really get it. They just weren't mm-hmm. engaging. And one of the key things about her business was that she was um, collecting, packaging, and selling customer data as mm-hmm. to advertisers as a major part of her revenue stream. And once she talked about it in those terms, that's something that the men could understand because you were talking about a way to make money. Right. So once again, that does speak to our initial um, instruction, which says don't spend a whole lot of time on exactly what you built. It wasn't about her platform with the fashion, this and that. If she comes out of the gate and or he comes out of the gate with, we are leveraging a large consumer base to collect data and sell it to the uh, companies that need it uh, for the purposes of connecting to this, you know, said consumer. However you want to say it, it's about the data. And then you say, oh, and parenthetically, this is our consumer base. This is how we're doing it. And, you know, that's almost to the side. Focus on the larger strategic value of your company. Male or female, I have often spent 55 minutes of a one-hour meeting before I get down to the bottom line. I just did this last week with a young man who had a company, and he was telling me all the bits and pieces of the pretty stuff it did, and when we finally got down to the bottom line, he was leveraging artificial intelligence, packaging data, and selling it. So often, this is the case. He had a very good concept, but he didn't understand how to begin and how to end his conversation. We find that men who are investors, especially seasoned ones who have done this for a long time, are extremely good at extrapolating the strategic value of any endeavor very, very quickly. Therefore, they become impatient when it takes a presenter, usually an entrepreneur, right, a presenter, 10 or 15 minutes to get to that point, let alone taking an hour to do so. They won't give you that hour. So again, pull back, find out what is the core value of what I'm doing, and then tell them parenthetically, oh, yeah, and this is how we're doing it. Right. See how it keeps coming back to investor returns. Yes. So, in fact, you need, as we said, at least two or three different decks, one for investors, one for marketing, and one for internal use. So you yes. notice how each has a different audience. So we mentioned before that there are um, multiple bottom lines, and I want to give us time to get to those before we have to uh, yes. close up the segment. Um, but before the break, let's review Six top elements of a good pitch. Problem, solution, pricing, marketing and distribution, revenues, and global impact. Right. That global impact used to be called, I think, the market size. And rather than putting that in slot number three, I do think it makes very good sense to put it in the last piece. Right. Everything else is parenthetical. Let them ask questions. Trust me, they will dig in. Yeah. So... What uh, about the management slide? Um, I was listening to a mom who launched a ride-sharing platform to safely transport children where they needed to go when mm-hmm. their parents could not. Yeah, brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, conventional ride-sharing apps are not permitted to take children anyway. That's right. And so I watched her pitch, and she put up a slide that said, "As for the team, it's only me." Huge red flag. Solo founders underperform founding teams in general by 150%. And also, this is a terrible bust number to reveal to investors. Mm -hmm. You know, what if something happened to her? Besides, it wasn't true. She had a co-founder who built the platform. He wasn't full-time, 
So she thought she couldn't include him as mm -hmm. a co-founder, even though she acknowledged his work on the team. She changed the slide immediately thereafter. So I would point out here as well, as you do talk about the team, and they will ask you, so who's building this thing, right? Um, there are team members who have already worked on the project. They care not how you pay them or whether you pay them so far. They can run into that later if they're ready to invest. Trust me, they'll say, well, do you owe your team members anything? Do you have deferred payments? Are you giving them stock? All of that can come out later. You don't need to talk about it now. You only have a few minutes. The second thing is when you have team members who have either donated time or they have exchanged time for equity, whether they're full-time or part-time, whether they're outsourced or they're friends, it makes no difference. And the additional team members that you can add, and this one's critical, folks. If you are waiting for some capital to add very powerful team members to your team who cannot afford in their life at the moment to leave their very high-paying jobs until you are ready to give them some kind of salary, then you can add those to the team as well. We call that team in the wings. If you guys put down, you know, two million bucks, then this team gets off and running 30 days out. As soon as you've done it, they're coming to work. That is a very important piece. So you may have very powerful players who said, yep, I'm signing up. I'm going to need X number of dollars minimum for my salary. Yes, you can put me on your slide. Do so. And that is a good way to inject the kind of expertise of being able to take something to the finish line uh, that your investors want to see. I just mm -hmm. want to inject here that uh, in the case of our Sibylla Masters Fund, yes. fund one of those leaders has to be a woman. That's correct. So again, know who you're pitching to. Uh, one of the things I would say is if you're building femtech, you might want to find yourself some female uh, investors. There are more and more of them. When uh, we launched the Sibylla Masters Fund, we joined maybe a score such groups around the world. There are now many score such groups around the world. So uh, t there are investors who require uh, female founders. There are investors who require just one woman on the founding or senior leadership team. That would be the Sibylla Masters Fund. There are those who are looking for diverse founders teams in other ways. So yes, if it is team specific, you can find a specific investor. But remember, even as the Sibylla Masters Fund says, yes, we require a woman on the founding uh, or executive team. Uh, we are also looking at all kinds of other investment rubric requirements and very deep due diligence around the project mm. itself. So it isn't just that you happen yeah. to have a team that has a guy and a gal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with that, we need to take a short break for our sponsors. Uh, this is CEO Coach, and we will be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Content Marketing World 2018 comes to Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Learn more at contentmarketingworld.com. Content Marketing World 2018 is the one event where you will learn and network with the best and brightest in the content marketing industry. Content Marketing World will have over 120 sessions and workshops presented by the leading brand marketers and experts from around the world covering strategy, storytelling, ROI, demand generation, AI, and more. Leave Cleveland with all the materials you need to build a content marketing plan that will grow your business and inspire your audience. Save $100 off of registration using promo code radio 100. That's radio and the number 100. Don't miss Content Marketing World 2018 in Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Register now at contentmarketingworld.com. 
The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for its 7th Annual International Mobile Web Award Competition. This award program is an opportunity for mobile developers to demonstrate their expertise in this growing medium. It recognizes the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world who create and maintain outstanding responsive and mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entry is September 28, 2018. Submit your entry today at www.mobile-webaward.org. That's mobile-webaward.org. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We've been talking today about best practices for investor pitch decks. And before we go back into uh, recapping what we did, I wanted to just say a little bit about the uh, double bottom lines. Yes. Because uh, we investors like to see a team hard at work to make returns. And this goes for those of us interested in double and triple bottom lines. Impact investors is the the phrase for them, and uh, we seek evidence of social results as well as financial ones. Um, I really like the way our good friend Nitin Rye reported recently that his fund Elevate Capital had seeded five million in twenty three startups, ninety one percent of them founded by women, minorities, and veterans. These 23 startups uh, capitalized, raised a total of 80 million, and created more than 300 jobs in three years. So that's that pretty is good some for pretty cool. Yeah, act. that's a, that's some yeah. cool impact. But yeah. keeping track of that is important too. Right, and it's pretty good numbers considering they're very early stage companies. They will increase the number of jobs that they provide fairly quickly. But knowing that the person that you're about to pitch to. Uh, either is such an investor or represents a group that has a, um, if you will, a requirement or a desire. It's part of their investment rubric, right? There's a mission or a vision for that, and they call that sometimes the thesis. And then there's the investment rubric. In Nitin's case, uh, Nitin Rye's case, his investment rubric includes that he wants to literally create jobs in the economy. And so looking at that and saying, aha, that's important to this guy, you're going to talk about how many jobs you're going to create and at what time and how long that uh, time frame will be. Others may not care. So consider who you're pitching to and focus on what they want yeah. to hear. The other impact results might be sustainability or yes. uh, oh, just any number of them. Um, the other thing that uh, Nitin Rye did was he, his investment thesis involves 
companies founded by underrepresented demographics. Right. Um, well, that's very similar to uh, our work yeah. as well. We all both look for, and many others do as well now, we look for our unicorns in uncrowded fields. So we look for mm -hmm. uh, different uh, founders, again, and underrepresented founders, and ideas that may not fit the standard rubric, but that will bring in significant return on investment. For our investors, we need to prove that it can happen. So we're looking at ideas that others might not look at at all, right? But if we have a clear path to that return on investment with a reasonable multiple commensurate with the risk of this asset class, which is highly risky, then we'll talk. So uh, before we have to wrap this up with our tips, if we do have tips, mm -hmm. um, I just want to tell one quick story about defining your problem and solution watch the language. Remember we said speak with clarity, speak in lay terms. I watched half a dozen pitches from health science startups recently and I could not understand what their products were or did. The presenters were mostly doctors, clinicians, who presented in clinical language with illustrations like they were taken from Grey's Anatomy. They probably were. Yeah, they probably were. <laughs> and I thought it might be my lack of understanding of the particular lingo of healthcare because we don't do a lot in healthcare. So I asked some of the investors that I knew in health and med tech if this was language they understood. Well, they just laughed. And they said it was such a common problem to get founders to explain their products and outcomes. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, that actually bears one more thing. Um, I used to talk with our uh, kind of our technologists, our engineers, and so on. As we were doing services at Moz, they often used terminology that was internal language. We call it tribal speak. If you're part of the tribe of whatever the hell you do, you know what you're talking about. But nobody else does, and it feels really good to be part of that special tribe. Get over it and start talking to people who are quite intelligent, very capable, highly accomplished, and know nothing about your field of endeavor or interest. Make sure that you speak to them with respect and in clear, plain, general English. And remember that the language that they best understand is the language of money. It's really all about the money. <laughs> right. So let's recap here real quick. The most successful pitches describe clearly and succinctly the problem and solution and then go on to show who wants the product and is willing to pay for it, uh, real money for it, and how you will make money delivering the solution to them. That's the other part. Mm -hmm. uh, bonus points if you can report revenue. Biggest bonus, if you globalize your solutions, remember that Fitbit for the cows that would yep. end world hunger. So, <laughs> yeah. Jillian, want to throw in our top three tips? Absolutely. First one is pitch to your audience. Okay, That means you have done a lot of research on the people you're talking to. You know what's important to them, and you're speaking their language, not your language. So pitch to your audience so they understand what's in it for them. Save your marketing pitch for your customers. Right. Number two, include your revenue or how you anticipate getting revenue and please make it realistic and be detailed about that. Right. So here we're talking about your launch marketing plan. How are you going to get out of the gate? How are you going to get your first, I don't know, 1, 10, 15, 20, 100 customers if you're B2B? How are you going to get your first half a million if you're B2C? What's the cost per acquisition of those customers? What's the cost to serve them? Talk about the numbers in clear terms, succinctly, and then back them up with all the work you've done before. 
Okay. All right, number three. Tell the investors how and when they will see the returns on their investments. So again, how much will you return and when you will you return it? Again, that refers to those projections, right? They'll be waiting uh, you know, for a 10X exit, and do they have to wait now 10 to 15 years, or will they be getting it sooner? That depends on when they're investing. If you're talking to early stage angels, they know darn well it's gonna take 10 to 15 years. If you're talking to series A, B, C, maybe even D or E over at the venture capital side and raising millions and millions, well then it might be only two to five years. Okay, so we better figure out how they're gonna get their money back. And if you're looking at things like revenue share, debt payments, dividends, and so on, will they get their money back sooner? Make sure you make it clear and make a compelling uh, pitch, if you will, that you can get this money back to them. And before we go, I have a bonus tip. Oh, goody. Called from years of presenting epic fails. Uh, if you are using video to demo your product, be sure to embed it in your deck. A Wi-Fi <laughs> has and most likely will fail just when it matters. It's happened to me too many times to count. And you really can watch the air, the oxygen go out of a room, Just as you say. Yeah. Well, we'll see if the Wi-Fi works. And then somebody says, now we have to move on. And it's just, you have just blown whatever you did right. in the previous four minutes. So mm -hmm. screenshots work really well, too, if you, yes. for a demo, if you don't want to do a whole video. Right. So that last little bit, screenshots work. It doesn't need one slide to explain the problem. I don't care if you do 10 slides as long as you spend two seconds per slide, right? Whatever it takes to visually support the words you say and get over the discussion of what must be said quickly, that's really worthwhile. So yes, screenshots on things like wireframes or whatever, far more powerful than trying to do a video that takes way too long. Yep. So uh, that's it for this episode of CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach. The dash is important there. Um, also at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page, which is called CEO Coach Podcast. Do stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ian Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next time. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, 
we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.